Welcome to the American Hard Enduro Podcast. What's up, guys? It's Will with American Hard Enduro. It is Wednesday, August 3rd. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we got a, a great podcast here with Josh Shecker, the trail boss, the uh, trail director, race director, whatever you want to call him, with the U.S. Hard Enduro Series. Uh, they had a very successful 2022 campaign. He and um, Matt Musgroves and Max Gearston helped lead a very successful series there. So Drew Kirby got to sit down with Josh, who was in town for a few days, and um, he actually got to do a little bit of riding with us before he's headed down to the Trials Training Center in uh, Sequatchie, Tennessee. But anyways, stick around for that podcast. Uh, I think you'll learn a lot <clears throat> about what happened this year. In other news, Red Bull Romaniacs has just completed, and uh, you probably already know that Graham Jarvis took his seventh Romaniacs title. Um, the Husqvarna rider, you know, He's ageless, 47 years old, doesn't seem to matter to him. He just continues to almost, you know, kind of dominate that race. So congratulations to Graham. Second place went to Tio Kabakchev, our Slovenian friend. Um, awesome ride for Tio. He's starting to put it on the podium in these World Hard Enduro rounds. Um, third place, Mario Roman on the Sherco. Fourth place, Tristan Hart. North American hard enduro rider Tristan from Canada, uh, factory KTM rebel rider. Awesome job, Tristan. Can't wait to see you down at TKO to talk a little bit more about your experience at Romaniacs. And then fifth place went to Michael Wagner. Uh, sixth place, Manny Lettenbeckler. Uh, Manny had that clutch issue on day one, took a two hour penalty for, I guess, outside assistance. And I understand there's a little bit of controversy about that versus uh, when Graham got disqualified from Erzberg uh, for getting outside assistance. So it'd be interesting to kind of dig into that and see, you know, why one was disqualified and one just took a two-hour penalty. But anyways, um, that pretty much wraps up Romaniacs 2022. And then the next World Hard Enduro round moves to America, right down the road, Sequatchie, Tennessee, at the Trials Training Center, the Tennessee Knockout 2022 edition is coming up in a hurry. Next Thursday evening in Nashville, Tennessee, they are doing a Red Bull straight rhythm top 16 riders at the TKO, which are basically the top 16 healthy riders in the world right now, um, which may or may not include Cody Webb. It sounds like Cody is in, so that's awesome. Uh, you know, probably the U.S.'s top hope for a win at TKO. I don't know if Colton Hager's going to be there or not. I know he's been having some health issues as well. Uh, Tristan Hart, Ryder LeBlanc, all those guys are going to be battling the top Europeans, including Manny. Obviously, Billy just had a wrist surgery, so Billy Bolt will not be there. <clears throat> I imagine Graham Jarvis will be there, T.O., um, Mario, I think Wade and Johnny are also still out. So a little bit of attrition in the in the top you know ranks of the pros, but hopefully that's still going to be an awesome event. And let's you know let's get it going. Let's see y'all down there. Uh, stop by, say hello to me, Drew Blake, the whole American the whole American Hard Enduro crew should be down there. So uh, really looking forward to it. 
Um, I know both Drew and I are racing the second race on Saturday, so hopefully, you know, we're, we're both looking to do advance, see how far we can make it. Um, but this year, it sounds like they're stepping up the difficulty level, making this more of a hard enduro on Saturday. If you haven't heard, um, Derek Bratcher, the main trail boss for the Sear series, the Southeastern Extreme Riders has been working down there, um, laying out the Saturday course. So if any of you have raced a Sear event at the Trials Training Center, you know they uh, the difficulty is pretty severe, and they, they put us up and down some of those hills really early on. So, um, you know, be on your toes if, if you're expecting a hair scramble. And, and based on the weather we've had lately, I, th- I think there's going to be plenty of moisture on the rocks and you know, on the dirt. So I think the, the first couple rounds this year are going to be quite different. Um, but you know, we'll see, stay tuned. All right. So give this, give this podcast a listen with Josh and Drew. Let us know what you think. Um, any questions, leave them in the comments and hopefully we will see you guys on Thursday in Nashville. See you on the trail. Welcome to the American Hard Enduro Podcast. I'm Drew Kirby. Today I'm joined by a special guest all the way from Idaho. We're sitting in my basement. It is Josh Shecker. Josh, how are you? I'm good, Drew. Thanks for having me out and all the hospitality, man. I'm, I've had one cup of coffee, so I'm ready to go. All right. So Josh is former factory mechanic for Factory Husky, Colton Hakers, mechanic for years. You guys grew up together. So after you transitioned out of that, what did you start doing? I mean, before I was even done mechanicing, my goal was to come out um, out of the factory racing and, and, and continue with racing by making the hardenduro scene grow in America. I spent a lot of time, obviously, traveling with Colton and seeing it firsthand, and riding with Colton and riding with all his friends who are you know, equal skill level to him. So I had a good understanding of what those guys are capable of, and then me experiencing the races that I have throughout Europe, whether I was racing them, mechanicing them spectating them I, I think i gathered a lot that you know we got to do here in the united states to help elevate our hard and grow game and get the turnouts that they do and and bring the quality of the events up to their level well so 2021 was the first year you were involved with the series things kind of went a little sideways with some people that were working there um you ended up what halfway through the year kind of pulling away and then this year you matt musgrove's and is it mainly the two of you guys? Yeah, we kind of headed it off <clears throat> early on. Uh, okay. We got once we got Max on board, I'd say mm. he was an equal component yep. in the whole in the whole situation. Um, definitely helped us in a lot of ways. You know, his biggest asset was probably the media side of things. Um, leading up to the events, Max was very helpful to me on on race course and getting his opinion from a professional racers perspective as well. Well, and so one thing you guys did, let's back up one step. So at the end of 2021, you guys sat down, you, Matt, and Max, and said, we're going to change the name. It's the U.S. Hard Enduro Series now. Mm -hmm. So we kind of got rid of the Extreme East, Extreme West. We still kind of had East and West, but we didn't – it wasn't like it was two separate things. And so you guys combined it under one uniform name. Um, And I I think you guys – I'm excited because Matt had done some stuff on the West Coast with Enduro Fest and some other stuff. Um, right. and then, so w- I know before you were kind of the track manager, track designer, what was your role? What is your role now? 
with the series? My official role is the course director of the U.S. Hard and Grow Championship. Okay. Um, I, I mean, we do a lot other than just the track stuff. Uh, as you said, even in, in 21, we were in contact with the race promoters and organizers, um, what have it, uh, and we work on their formats and their parking. I mean, every aspect of the race that we can think of ahead of time to help make that race better that weekend once we're there, we're, we're trying to address. And, and most of these organizers are pretty darn good at it. It's just little things that I would find when I was a mechanic. We'd, sh we'd show up on you know Thursday afternoon so so Haker could walk the course on Friday, and we're like, man, if, if the organizers just you know knew about this a couple days earlier, it would have been a little bit easier to make that section a little harder or add some more arrows to this race course or something. Well, so the series ended, what, probably three weeks ago at um, Sugarloaf. Sugarloaf, Pennsylvania. It was a new race, locked and loaded, and you said it ended up being awesome. They did a great job. You could tell they were uh, passionate about hard enduro and understand what we were trying to accomplish. Uh, it, it helped that our scoring team, Mike and Mike Sudis, <laughs> were out uh, with us at every round previous to that, scoring the events and, and saw the ups and downs of it all so by the time we got to their race they had it dialed and it was and, it was and, really my, and little mike rides correct yeah so he kind of knows is he really yes i <laughs> i mean you know he he we'd go out and ride we rode almost the whole course together we rode about 75 percent of his course together really leading okay. up to the event yeah and it was a constant yo-yo thing you know we get into some some technical stuff mike i got a little bit of height on Mike, so in the rocks, <laughs> he is a, he is it, a it definitely shorter. helped me. And he had a bike set up for fast racing. Okay. Mike was like a hair scramble racer, enduro racer, and he was a double A rider. Okay. And when he would when he get into the open stuff, he would just leave me. There was no keeping up. <laughs> if I wanted to keep up with him, I'd have to get really uncomfortable. But anyways, yeah, Mike Mike's a good rider, uh, junior, and uh, he he put together one hell of a course, man. Well, and and that's exciting because I know. You know, anytime it seems like there's a first year in an event, there's usually a lot of growing pains. But, you know, them going to, I think, like you said, scoring and going to every round. Um, and that's what I was looking up. How many what? How many rounds did we, you guys end up with this year? Eight rounds this year. Okay, eight, eight rounds. Because it was going to be ten, and then one, we, we lost. the Ridgecrest went away, and then Battle of the Goats was going to be the last round. It ended up going away. That's right, yeah. Okay. So, I mean uh, – out of a bad situation, it ended up being pretty good because if we did, we were going to lose a round. At least we lost them evenly, east and west. So we still had yep. a, an even swing on both sides. And so I guess let's talk about the series as a whole this year. Opinion, how you felt it went. You know, the turnout seemed good. The The media you guys have been putting out. I, I remember I saw the first recap video from, I guess, Grinding Stone. Yep. And it was like legitimate, almost like a Red Bull quality, great voiceover. You had Max doing the commentary stuff. And I thought the video has captured a lot and they've done a lot with it. Yeah, definitely. So the video, the media group, uh, Skypixel Media, that was another pivotal part of the series growing mm -hmm. this year. They they didn't get on board until two weeks before Paige. And that was, so that was the first time I met him was at Paige. We, we went through some growing pains of our media and, and how we were going to approach it this year. And we weren't even sure exactly how it was going to go. And we were so lucky that Blake and Rachel reached out to us on Instagram. Really? So they just kind of reached out to you guys. They, you didn't go They like find them. They dig oh, it. So, awesome. And they both ride and okay. they, they live out of their camper van and travel to everything that they're filming. And, and they run a very professional operation. And we're so lucky to have got them on board this year because they're, they definitely showcased what we do and what these race organizers do and what these racers do and even what these families and teams do all season, man. 
and it's been cool that it, it's more than just a three-minute recap video. They're longer, but they also kind of have a little bit of a story to tell. Um, yeah. I know they've worked with some of the writers like Spencer Wilton and some of the other guys on using some of his content and interlacing it all to tell the stories of the writers. Yeah, Blake and Rachel, they're, uh, they couldn't make a three-minute video. <laughs> they just couldn't, no, couldn't do it. No, no. I, if we want him to, he, he's, he's so uh, detail-oriented and, and he spends – a ton of time on it they were in between a few rounds they've been crashing in my yard or, or hanging out in front of my house or in their camper and stuff and using my washer and dryer and shower for weeks on end but man i would when they were editing you would just see them pop out you know to eat it was like hardcore to, they were to in change it. the laundry or something and they were editing from sunrise to well into the night every day well i'm excited because unfortunately the only round i was able to do was tough like roar this year um and that video hadn't come out yet and the last one from Locked and Loaded hadn't come out. So I'm excited to see those last two videos. I know you said it those, with those two races, the last two in Pennsylvania, back-to-back, editing was obviously going to be challenging. So hopefully pretty soon we'll be seeing those. Yeah, I'm sure Blake's working on it right now as we speak. All right. So the series as a whole, how do you feel things went? It was the first year the new team, the U.S. Hard Enduro team, has together. Um, you guys went to – I think you went to every round but one? Or I went you, to all of them. You went to all of them. Yeah. So you'd show up a few days early – or a week early, pre-ride the course, work with a promoter. So, again, as a whole, how do you feel like year one went under Great. the U.S. Hard Enduro? So. I mean, awesome. I, I told these, I told the whole crew that last night at dinner, after the Sugarloaf race, that this is my most enjoyable year of dirt bike racing. And I, I mean it. Like, having this group of people around me was so motivating. It was like a team building that I've never seen in any other job I've had, like, we worked well together. When there was problems, we worked together to fix them. There was no animosity. There was no who's top dog. It was it was a it was a serious team effort from start to finish. And I mean, every round we went to, I think every round that was a, a second year round, we helped make improvements. If and, and the organizers also, you know, they learn from every year that they have a race. Oh, absolutely. So Paige, for example, they went to a whole new property on the other side of the highway. So it was almost like a new race, but they took everything they learned from the year before. Mm-hmm stepped up their race they made split lanes which i think made page way more accommodating to the amateur racers which i think scared some amateurs away the first year because everybody rode one course and it was heavy 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 hitters on that one that's that's probably the scariest race of the year and then we had races (laughs) i didn't there was some of that stuff that i was like oh man oh dude when i'm out there pre-riding by myself i'm like man i i hope somebody knows where i am before i go down this (laughs) (laughs) oh absolutely and then we had a race like billings it was a first year race and, Mm -hmm. and they were so on it. They had an awesome facility. That was were, Billings, the one with the huge, like crazy looking dirt hill climbs. The one yeah. that Tristan like had to hit like nine times to make it up. Yeah, that was okay. a different kind of hard. Oh, that different was so hard weird there. looking. It was, uh, and and it took me, you know, out there pre riding two days to just figure out, understand what that dirt was doing underneath me. And I mean, I give it to the riders after all these, me coming in pre riding the course the week leading up, and and getting used to the terrain, it would always take me about a day and a half, two days. And these guys usually, you know, they come out, they're not pre-riding the Yeah, they don't get to ride any until. They got to get used to it on that first lap in that first 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I'm sure it doesn't happen that fast. (laughs) Well, that's why they're pros, right? They're that good. Yeah. So Casey Von Holzen, Evan Ask, they killed it at Billings this year for a first year event. You know, I would, I would love to go back there again. Well, so I guess, again, we talked about the series as a whole. I think it was a great year. Um, Lots of good coverage. Like you said, the media coverage has been good. What was your favorite race? And I know I hate I hate to say your favorite race. You told me one of them that really surprised me that you liked the most, and it was hard to believe, but 
apparently they did a really good job. Yeah, I I would Ohio was probably my favorite race. I mean, they all have high points for sure, uh, and I can go through some of that with them each race individually and what my yep. favorite part was, but I think overall Ohio was my favorite because it was well, first of all, it created the best battle between Tristan and Ryder. Yeah, that was, and that oh, was following so along cool, from man. home was cool. When I was chasing those guys, I got most of that race, I think after about an hour into that race, I was everything was flowing good and I was able to run with the top with the leaders with mainly Tristan and Ryder and watch okay. them come through sections. And I didn't couldn't believe how many times they swapped positions. I think just the difficulty of that terrain and the rain. Because it rained on Saturday and looked miserable. Like, it looked crazy on Saturday, some yeah. of it, correct? Yeah, okay. and it, it tacked up a little bit on Sunday, but it was still it slick. Was still slick. Oh, that place is slick. And that's that was a – that was, like, the weirdest tire setup I ever had to do. And and, and I was always lost in the woods. Like, i drop into these canyons. <laughs> yeah, you told me about when that. When I was trying to, you know, pre-ride the course. And I'd, I'd want to come back to camp to get – get lunch and, and I didn't even know where I was. And I don't know why all these things add up to me enjoying that race the most. I think the guys putting that race on understand what we were trying to go for their progression during their motos from the first moto, the first race to the last race, the progression of difficulty was on point. Well, and you said even is the, well, no, that was Sugarloaf that as the lap went on, it got harder the way around. Cause yeah. And they did a good job at that too, making that that lap progressive. Because that lap didn't have any splits or anything. It was just one lap, one the one you had to do two complete laps, but it was one lap with no splits or anything. That's right. Okay. Well, so then, I guess moving on from the race, you know, one thing you guys haven't done, which I like, and I know it makes it harder, is you haven't picked a format that hey guys, we have to do it this way. What of all the formats you guys ran this year? Do you have one that was your favorite? Well, I think knockout format is my favorite because it gives everybody the most opportunity to ride because knockout format is generally going to be a multi-moto format and the races are progressively going to get harder. Yep. So that gives the 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 C and B riders an opportunity to get some laps in, get a challenge at their own level, and then if and they can if they're exceeding or if they're progressing and they're they're doing good, then they can keep moving on mm-hmm. towards the end of the race into the harder motos and stuff. But at the end, the the guys that don't make it to the main event get to go watch the pros ride. And I've found that that's really important to all the amateurs out there. It's, it, it's super cool for them to get to race and watch the pros race. Well, and one thing I know Rob Moan at Tough Like Roar has always said, you know, they do, everyone has to race two races on Saturday. And then if you make it to Sunday, you race, you can race LCQ if you end up in there and then the main event. And he always said he wanted to give guys their money's worth and give them plenty of seat time. And I used to say, man, I don't know, that's a lot of racing. By the time Sunday comes around, we're tired. But now with fuel being as expensive it is as it is, and you know, how far we've got to drive to some of these races, I enjoy all that riding. Um and you know, we were I was looking at going to Iowa this year and it's eleven hours each way, and it was a three hour race on Sunday. And so that kind of deterred me from going just from the lack of riding I was gonna to get to do at the race. And they had a hot lap on Saturday, so I would have had to go Friday or leave super early Saturday morning. Yeah. I mean, just from I, personal opinion. Yeah, no, it's definitely a balance for sure. When you got, depending on how many hours you got to drive, is definitely gonna, and then how many hours you get to ride and return mm-hmm. is is oh, yeah. makes it challenging for sure. Yeah, all the unspoken heroes. That's something else I want to mention before we get too far along the way. Oh, absolutely. Jeff Hofstad on, on in Ohio. Okay, he was uh, dude, the guy. He spent all the time in the woods, laying the course, mapping it out, and I don't think anybody ever met him or saw him because he was well, always in the woods. Well. 
Was it his first year doing it? I don't think so. Okay, because we've been there before, and and it's been it was one of my least favorite races, and I don't know if it was the layout or how well it was run, but it just you know I'd kind of said I don't know if I'm going to go back to Ohio, and then you told me it was one of your favorite races, so it's awesome that because I mean they were one of the races in my opinion that we talked about dropping when when we were looking at all right, we need more races, but we need quality races. And so it's it's really good to hear that they've stepped it up. And again, having you guys there, I think, helps as well. Yeah. And it's uh, it's just like I said about Paige. You know, if we can give a good experience to everybody this year, we're going to have that many more people next next year. Yep. Just like Ohio, now you know, hey, man, they've stepped it up. Yep. Oh, I, it, and again, I would definitely go back yep. now after hearing what you've had to say. And so hopefully people listening to this will have the same opinion. Because I know there's a couple guys that were like, eh, just – wasn't a big fan. And in it in the years past, they did a lot of trial sections where you were just going up, coming right back down, going up, coming right back down. And it, it seemed to me like there's some pretty good opportunities to go around some stuff. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And I don't know how it was this year if they changed any of that. Um, no, I think the only stuff that people tried going around is when it got too hard. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what <laughs> happens sometimes. <laughs> but they, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a solid improvement. I didn't go to it uh, in 2021, it was after I stepped away from the series, Okay, but, uh, I went there four years ago and I was in the same mindset that you were. I was like, man, this is kind of messy. These guys, I don't know if they, they know that we have these top tier, you know, pros here that yep. are, you know, world class riders and, and we need to really present yep. them with a the proper challenge and a proper race. And I don't think a lot of people, unless you've ridden with Tristan and Ryder and those top guys, most people don't understand what they're capable. Yeah, And I mean, like Tyler Battle Goats used to say, well, if I can make it halfway up the hill, surely the guys can make it up the rest. And he was pretty accurate. I mean, just having those guys in town and seeing what they're capable of, it's like, man, laying out a race course that challenges those top guys, but you're still rideable for everyone else is such a fine line, it's I think. Tremendously. Yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head. It's a fine line to try and try and challenge Tristan and give our, even our, sometimes even our, our A riders a, a proper course yep. because dude Tristan's on another level right now. I'd say our top ten riders can can complete what he can ride, but yeah, we need a. Uh, we're doing good with that. The the organizers have learned a lot. All of them. I mean, they. That's why I think these multi motor more formats are the best way to do it. Okay. Course splits are awesome too. They're just harder to manage. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that was one thing tough like Roar did. You know, lap one of the main event we bypassed a bunch of the hard sections and then lap two, they basically threw the everything at them. Yeah. And I think um, that's really, and it was great. Cause I was able to do a lap this year and right. I didn't even go out for a second lap. And on the other hand, there was plenty of racing for the amateurs to do leading up to that. So they yep. didn't even have to kill anybody, <laughs> kill any exactly. amateurs. <laughs> yeah. And everybody got their money's worth there. Roar was so well organized, man. Drew, I put up, I think at the end of the whole event, I put up like 18 arrows. Yeah, I remember you said it's the first time you've been off the bike before like 5 o'clock at, at any race. I could get off the bike and go hit the swimming hole. Yeah, absolutely. And that was cool. I mean, comparison to a, a, the Donner race I went to, um, Donner, I just had to put up a lot of extra arrows because they had a pair scramble going on that weekend too. And so I just had oh, to really? reassure that, you know, our riders were not going to focus on their arrows. Well, and, and one thing I know with Donner was the snow was late melting this year. And so it really put them behind on trying to get everything ready. Yeah, that's that, that's kind of one of our issues with our West Coast races. We had the same problem at Silver Mountain. Those guys didn't get onto the mountain until three weeks before. And even God. at that, three weeks before, they were still using do dozers to push out snow on the roads that was over 10 feet deep. Just no to access parts of the mountain that they were going to have a race on. 
And so I, I hope in the future that we can push the whole hard enduro season mm-hmm. later into the year. I'd love to see the enduro cross season maybe run October through December. Yep. And and that would allow us so much more opportunity for racing outdoors. Well, and it's, you know, it's been a, I don't want to say a point of contention, but it's been a talking point ever since TKO has always been mid-August. It's like we have to have everything wrapped up by then. Yeah. And then that doesn't leave you much time in the spring for those races that are high elevation to let the snow melt. And then it ends up being a summer packed with, with races. Yeah. Um, and it would be great, like you said, or like we talked about, to move TKO mid-September. Because I know originally TKO was that date because Eric Pernard had Enduro Cross and Sean Finley. Yep. And they always did Prescott round, that Prescott, Arizona round, the week after TKO. And so that's what kind of hemmed it there. So if we could move it back a month, I mean, that that would free up, I think, a lot. Yeah, um, and I want to support the race teams in that way. Basically, what they're trying to do is get their riders to give them enough time to switch from the two-strokes to the four-strokes. Yep. It's kind of like the Supercross and Motocross seasons. You know, they, yep. they get a little time off to get warmed up, get ready for the next type of championship that they're going to race. And I want to help that, but I, I think we need to get the whole swing to change a little bit. And, um, yeah, we, we need to do some more outdoors later into the – yeah. Well, I need to take advantage of the weather. I mean, that's yeah. what we were talking about. We'll, we'll get to riding here in Tennessee later, but, you know, we, we could have a race in November. Now you might, you know, it's going to be warmish. It might be a little cold, but it's like anywhere, hit and miss, but there's not going to be snow or anything. Yeah. The other um, big benefit of having the swing change or a swing from outdoors to enduro cross mm-hmm. later in the year is we could create a better schedule for a better travel schedule overall yep. well and i know that's been like last year that was a huge one it was what was it it was from ohio all the way to one race the donner race maybe and then all the way back to pennsylvania yeah and so it was super hard for for anybody and you know gas is or diesel's five dollars a gallon right now yeah um, and so that that's what we're really going to shoot for is instead of having we just want one main east coast swing but i mean hey if you want to the next topic we can move on to is what the plans are for the schedule. Well, and I was going to say, now that we've kind of recapped the year again, successful year, thank you guys for everything you did for the hard enduro. You know, I think things were on rocky roads of the future for the AMA hard enduro and where it was going. And you got stepped in and really, I think we're going in a good direction. You know, it seems like we take one step forward, two steps back with all this promoter turnover. So let's talk about next year. I know nothing's finalized, but we've got some, you've got some ideas and you guys have, um, what's the plans for next year? Yeah, the, the, as you said, nothing's finalized yet. We just have goals at this point. We're hoping at TKO we're going to have a nice little sit down with the Kudla from the AMA and uh, get a basically get a report card on how we did this year and what we can pull off next year. And, and my goal and Matt's as well is to have a national championship, have an overall. Because it was a re- it was still a regional this year. Correct? It was a regional, okay. and we're we're going to award an overall um, at TKO. And, okay. Um, but yeah, we want to and, have, and then hold on, just to clarify for me, yeah, TKO is still the grand championship, yeah, right? Separate from our series, totally separate, yeah. two or unrelated. Okay, grand so moving on to, yeah. and so the team sticking together from what we know for next year, yeah, you know, you you will be there, Matt Musgrove will be there, Max hopefully will be there. Yep. Um, I don't know, and Skypixel. I mean, we're all on. Board. Okay, we so all everyone's as good of a time as I said I had with everybody. I I'm confident that they had a good time too, and they they loved what was happening, and, and we're as motivated as I. Dude, that is great news, and to get an actual national championship would be cool. Legitimize it even more, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, and that 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 pays off. You know, whether whether for us getting sponsors, the the race teams want to be part of a national championship. The riders, you know, it's a bigger deal for them, and that's what we want mm-hmm. to go for. It it gives us a little bit more control over what's going on, and um, 
So we want to have, you know, a six to eight round national championship. Okay. And that's the main one we want to focus on this, this West coast rounds happen first, then East coast rounds happen or vice versa. We just don't want to make this swing. Yeah. Back two, and forth. two swings, two yep. East coast swings where, where everybody drives from the West to the East or everybody drives from the East to the West twice. Yeah. And then beyond that, we want to have, you know, like a, a regional championship, two regional championships, East and a West that can happen. And people can just chase their, their selected region mm-hmm. and, and, and not worry about the swing. Okay. Yeah, no, no, that sounds so great. I'm, I'm thinking in my head. I'm thinking 16 races overall. Um, you know, if we're at a national champion, national race, it can also pay points towards a regional race. So like, kind of like a co-sanctioning. Yeah, sometimes. And then we're, you know, from here on out, if this is how it goes, we're going to bring in, you know, first-year promoters as regionals and and you know, multi-year promoters or organizers, as they want to be called, as uh, nationals. All right. Well, and. To take a step back, I know there were several partners of y'all's that really helped out this year. You want to thank any of those guys? I mean, I know IRC stepped up big, took their semi to all the races. Which was so cool, man. The presence that IRC has at our races is is tremendous. They, they're in rider support. They got snacks. They got coffee, whatever I needed. Maybe <laughs> they show up to the race. They set up their tent and say, hey, Josh, we're making a Costco run. Anything you need? I mean, that's just me oh, personally yeah. with, with them and and they're doing a tremendous job helping everybody get their tire setups on point. Cause you know, we're still teaching a lot of these riders how to make hard and easier on their life. And uh, tire setup <laughs> yeah. is a huge part of that. Uh, I think it's by far the biggest, yeah. you know, I, without that's where the, the contact point is. And I'd say without if, a good tire, man, that's right. Dude, it's a miserable completely day. Stock uh, KTM 300. All you, all you gotta do is put tires on yep. it to go race hard and grow. Yeah, my opinion, skid plate would be next. Yeah, I'll just say de- <laughs> definitely some protection parts. Yeah, so some, you finish the race. Yeah, and beyond that, we you know um, Inside Enduro who organized the Silver Mountain race yep. this year picked it up last minute. They helped us out tremendously. One of our best sponsors. You know, it, we we couldn't do it without these guys. And and it sounds like everybody's on board for next year. IRC was super happy with everything we did. We're super happy with IRC. It's great. So we're gonna keep it going with them. And, And we got, there was a bunch of them and it was good. So, all right, I think we're done talking. Maybe we'll, we'll talk some more about it, but I want to talk about what you're doing next. You've been gone since, I think you said you've been a month on the road. You left Idaho, went to Pennsylvania, went to the other Pennsylvania. You came down to Tennessee about a week ago. We did some riding in the woods. What, um, what's your plans? Where are you headed next? I think you're leaving here today and we're in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to visit one of my old high school buddies over in Nashville tonight. Um, stay the night with him, have dinner and all that stuff and see what he's up to these days. And then I'm going to head to TKO the, on Tuesday and start, um, prepping that race course for the world championship and our grand national championship. And, uh, another, I'll be kind of more or less working with a, a different group of people, but the original group of people that I started with the, the enduro cross group. So Eric Bernard, Sean Finley, Mike Hathaway, yep. Mr. Burke and his lovely wife, Susie, yep. they're all, um, supporting us out there, making that thing a really cool event. And yeah, just, uh, that'll kind of be the last of this road trip. As you said, started at end of June, hit all the PAs and, uh, been floating around visiting other properties got to ride a little bit in the Windrock area and some other properties in eastern tennessee and um yeah so we're right. gonna let's talking let's talk tko so okay. a few things have changed 
the biggest news was the Thursday prologue downtown Nashville, which I guess in a prologue, it's just a straight rhythm because it's not doesn't have any value other than some cash. You're not getting points. You're not getting better starting position. But they're closing off Broadway in downtown Nashville Thursday night before the race. Do you know anything about it? I know you're going to be there. Um, I talked to Eric a couple days ago or last week, and he was like, man, it's it, it's a lot, but I'm excited. Yeah, he's been trying to make that happen for a little while. Yep. Uh, between the COVID stuff and some other weird stuff going on, we weren't able to accomplish it last year, but it's on. <laughs> well, and one thing I heard, so of, of course everyone, and even including myself when we heard about it last year, was why not Chattanooga? Because it's you know 20 minutes, 30 minutes from TK or Trials Training Center versus Nashville's two hours. But from what I understand, Red Bull has a big presence in Nashville, and they were the ones who wanted it to be there. And of course, Nashville is way bigger than Chattanooga. I think Chattanooga would welcome it, but... It'll, I think it'll get in front of a lot more eyes in downtown Nashville. Yeah, I think that's the main point. What I would assume is the main point is that we're getting in front of more eyes. We're getting a bigger stage, yep. more or less, oh, to, to yeah. do a show on. And it, it won't be a super difficult enduro cross course. Okay. It's going to be more of a racy course, which okay. we found last year at TKO Straight Rhythm on Friday afternoon mm-hmm. that – it, it, man, it wasn't a difficult track, but it was so exciting because of that. Because the racing was tight, the guys were hauling butt. Yep. And um, yeah, so Thursday, man, I don't know the times off the top of my head. I got seven. It's seven to ten. Seven to ten. Yep. It's actual racing. Like three. Yep. Practice so at three. We'll, and that's I'll probably time. end up spending the whole day down there. Okay. And uh, yeah, a little ways from TTC, but as soon as that race is over, I'm headed back to TTC to get that outdoor stuff going on Friday morning. Well, and you should have a good – and so then moving moving forward to Trials Training Center. So one of my frustrations in the past is it's always been the same course, whether we're running it clockwise, counterclockwise, a lot of Jeep roads. Um, I know Eric and Larry Smith, who runs Trials Training Center now, have talked to some of the SEER guys, Derek Bratcher, and he came out, and they're going to use some more single track and apparently not near as much Jeep roads for, for the Saturday races, which excites me beyond belief. And I think it's going to be – from what I understand, harder, which should help those hard enduro guys versus the faster guys. Which nowadays, I think, if you're coming to TKO, you know how to ride hard enduro. Hopefully, yeah. Um, but but I'm excited for a little bit of a change. The we if you, if you rode the Sear Nightmare, they're using some of that loop. From what I understand, I don't know how much, um, but be prepared for some different trails. Um, that loop we raced it, and we went on places of the property I didn't know existed, like. You know, racing TKO, I think I've done it eight or nine times now. You kind of get to know where the Jeep roads are going, and you're, all right, we're going to go here. We're going to come back down, and we'd be on one Jeep road. We'd take some single track, hit another Jeep road, go in the opposite direction that we normally were going on that loop. And so I think it'd be good to keep everyone on their toes, a little more fresh race course, and just kind of mix things up. Yeah, I haven't been there since last year, but I've I've heard all the same things you're, you're talking about. Derek's yep. stepped in. Larry's helped get that bridge that connection and get us on some more single track. I think we've uh, we've 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 opened up some doors and and got a little bit less restrictions on what we can and can't do this yep. year. So um, I'm super excited to go there and start riding that that qualifying stuff, that Saturday stuff, yep. and meeting Derek and seeing what they've been working on. And that's kind of my first uh, goal getting there is, is get get on all that Saturday stuff, see how it's looking. You know, make sure it's not too hard for some of our guys, but <laughs> yep. definitely, yeah, staying off those Jeep roads and stuff. And and you know, we got a wonderful piece of property there and we need to take full advantage of that yeah it was again some of the single track they've got goes places i didn't even know existed and 
Um, I think it'll be good. A lot of people, hopefully it'll open some eyes. They're like, oh, there's more to this property than the same stuff we run year after year. And we're not even going to be on the, the Keener property, which they open up just for TKO. It's all going to be on Trials Training Center property, um, which should be good. And so then I know the main event is going to be in the same area it was in last year. So it's not going to be behind the cabins. Um, it'll be up in the, I don't remember Red what Bull they Ravine. Called. Red Bull Ravine, thank yeah. you. Where the big hill climb is, mm -hmm. that's going to be in there. There's going to be something after that I've heard that's going to be pretty good. We're going to utilize that hillside a little bit more. Yep. we got a couple more surprises out there for them. Um, uh, yeah, same, more or less similar main event course as last year. Yep. Reverse direction. With a a, reverse direction. With some new features, yeah. Okay. I know they've been working in the creek doing some stuff. Yeah, yeah, so. that's what it sounds like. And, you know, like, you know, a little bit back to that Saturday course, I... Luckily okay. for us, we've had Sear out there putting in some work, mm -hmm. expanding on that property, and I'm really grateful for that. And I, I hope to build that relationship a little bit more with those guys moving into, uh, well, obviously this coming up race and then whatever we're going to be doing in the future because Sear's kicking butt. Yep. They They're really making are. awesome races. Yep. All the feedback I hear is great. I need to go out and race one. Yep. Or sweep one, whatever they want me to do. <laughs> no, you got to. We need to get you racing. I know. I Put know. you in the gold class and just let's go. I think that's a good idea. I would love to do that. And I think uh, postseason here, depending on what happens uh, for the rest of the year with me, I might have the opportunity to come do some sea racing because well, they're, they're not done. If if you've got a, if you could ride an orange bike, I've got one you could ride. I can ride an orange bike. Yeah. Okay. I'm change your handlebar setup. Nah, you'll be fine. No, nope, you're not allowed to do any of that. <laughs> um, all right, so let's go to. Let's talk Romaniacs. So you've been there last year. So Romaniacs just ended three days ago. Graham Jarvis, 47 years old, wins. I don't know how. Legend. I mean, just insane. Um, the last two years, you've been over there like for a month as a trail worker, right? Yep, track manager. Track manager, thank you. Yep. That was the word That was the word I was looking for. Yep. So I know it was killing you being here, not being there, because you were getting all the updates from your buddies you worked with, all the Romanians. Um, what do you think of this year's course? It was really weird, and I didn't even know they were doing it until you told me. Normally, it's just out on a long course, and you know, it's what four days of woods racing, and they would go from point to point to point. And this year, at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, they would do like three laps on a certain section, um, which was cool because then they would have live TV or live coverage yeah. for that section, which I thought was cool. What yeah. do you think of the the? I guess the whole week of it. No, I was kind of surprised by that idea. I hadn't, I hadn't been too in tune with it. I'm sure I would have figured it out had I gone there to track manage, but I was kind of surprised by it. I think it was really good that they did those, those laps in sections, whether, as you said, in the beginning of the day or the end of the day, just for media purposes, to get everybody yeah. to see a little bit more action on the race. And it, it's way better for filming when you can do a couple laps on a section. Yeah. And that was their main purpose of that, okay. I'm sure, is to just get more more coverage of their race more. well and that's um, the and we've talked about it like that's the coolest part about what we do is the places we go on these bikes but no one sees it so if they can bring that more exposure is obviously exactly good. and i i think that they uh they still got the same amount of mileage every day okay i don't think the courses were really any shorter they might have uh, had a little less mileage leading up to that section because it, they spent so much time in that section but uh, these guys still they didn't ride the same course twice other than those laps that they did no, and it was it was cool because I was watching some of the live feed. I think I went, it wasn't live when I was watching. I went back and like they would do lap one, and then it would they would go through like checkpoint one. Then they would go do lap two, and then right next to that checkpoint one, it would say checkpoint two, and then they would go out and then they would hit the third one when they yep. finished. Um, depending on how many laps that one they were doing three. Um, so early on, Manny, um, first day, Manny. Well, they had the they had the prologue in the city, which mm -hmm. they hadn't had since COVID. Yeah. And that looked pretty gnarly. I know. I was I, the two years I was there, they didn't have that because yep. of COVID, and I was 
Yeah, that was that was the beginning of me <laughs> being down. Yeah, being bummed. I was there. I mean, I was bummed when all my buddies were sending me pictures of the mountains. That place is beautiful. Oh it's man, the most freedom I've ever had on our dirt bike. But uh, yeah, so they had the prologue. Manny, I don't. Think... I think he won. Didn't he win? Or Billy win? No, no, no Billy no. didn't ride. Billy no, had no, the surgery. Alfredo won. That's right. Johnny Alfredo got second. Yep. I think Manny was third. Yeah. But um. But yeah, he was third. So he he opened the course on the first day because he was third. Mm-hmm. So he opened, but. We heard early on, or I even, I guess, it, long story short, he got a two-hour penalty for his clutch going out. Yeah, there must have been something more to the story other than just the clutch going out. It was well, some, so, I, What I heard or read somewhere, someone gave him a clutch out of their bike. And I don't know if that was a chase person or what, So, but they gave him a two-hour penalty. Yeah, I mean, if, if somebody gave it to him and he got a penalty, I would assume that person wasn't in the race. Okay. Because I don't think you could get a penalty from taking parts from another racer. Okay. So, and I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to make any accusations here on what happened. And I bet you I'll find out this week coming up here at TKO. <laughs> yeah, we'll get some, get some inside. We'll, maybe we'll follow up on that if we're allowed to talk about it. But yeah, Manny took a penalty and that was too bad because I, you know, as awesome as it is to see Graham win that thing at 47 years old, I would have rather seen him have to work for it, battle Manny for it. Um, well, and I mean, Manny, then Manny came back day two off road and I think he won by 16 minutes. Yes. Yeah, so, I, so, I mean, like he that. just put the before, hammer down. And he ended up after with a two-hour penalty. I think he got back to fifth. Yeah, overall. Yeah, overall, at the end of the day. After, I, know, after I was the whole watching thing. that on the last day because we we're really, I'm really pulling for Tristan. Obviously, he's our champ yep. from our series here, and and he's uh, excelling quickly right now, and, and still growing, getting better, and and he's hungry. I mean, I don't think, I mean, Tristan might have been satisfied with fourth, but I don't think he was happy with it. No, and in last year. Was it like last year he got seventh? Mm-hmm. And so he improved from seventh to fourth, which I'm sure he's not happy about. I know we, I mean, I would have loved a podium. I mean, he went from 14th the first time he did Erzberg to the podium this year. Yeah. Um, but man, it's got to be hard knowing how much to eat, when to eat, nutrition when you're on the bike. I think the total is 71 hours or 28 hours, something crazy um, amount of seat time they had at the end. I don't yeah, remember I'd what like the total to see was. What it was for the, lo- the leader. I forget. I, I, we've, seen it a couple times yeah. but um i mean it's just like experience i think would help tremendously yeah and you so know, he's got two years on his own and and i think a big thing for tristan the first year was learning that these guys aren't just racing the hard obstacles they're racing the whole day are they really? everywhere every transfer they're on everything they're riding they're going fast well and and apparently and you probably know better than me so nick ferringer went st- he won silver last year mm-hmm. moved up to gold this year Went early and did the Dit, Dit Rocks race, right. which he'd love that one because he'd done it before. So like a little warm-up race before Romania. Yeah, I think it's three days, not five. Yep. And I think the days themselves, mileage-wise, are a little bit shorter. But okay. it's a great warm-up. If anybody can afford to do so when going out and racing Romaniacs, I would definitely suggest going two weeks ahead of time and doing Dit Rocks. Okay. You get used to your bike. You get used to the terrain. You get used, used to the tracks. Well, like you just said, like, you know, it takes you a couple days at a place to figure all that out traction wise and so it was good but he went out day one he ended up i think he rode for nine and a half hours um he finished 20 something maybe 21st 22nd but he was hurting so bad i know he went to the doctor got an iv had some heat exhaustion stuff him and alfredo um and he ended up not racing day two which is unfortunate he came back and and raced day three and day four um and ended up doing pretty well day three he got 14th overall which is awesome but yeah i'm really happy to see nick was able to get back on the bike yeah, and he's, he said some of the stuff that they had them doing is just crazy. I mean, I saw one downhill. Tristan was walking his bike down, and he kind of got loose, and 
he just jumped out of the picture, so I don't know where he went. But yeah, they're not scared to get riders off their bikes. Whether you're going up or down in Romania, you're at well, the gold class. You're you're doing heavy stuff, man. Well, the heaviest stuff you're probably going to do ever on a dirt bike. Well, and you have experience, obviously, over there. You've spent a couple months riding. Like, how is the traction that good that they can do some of that? I mean, like, it'll rain and then it'll be dusty up there. Like, I feel like we have some similar terrain, but it, it's so slick we can't ride up it. You know, these guys do travel so far in a day, like. They're gonna if it rained in one mountain range or in between two mountains, mm-hmm. it might not have rained on the other side. Okay. And and their dirt is is pretty darn good when it's wet. I mean, obviously stuff gets slick. The roots get slick. Yeah. They, that, those don't change. Like, but um. But I mean, still some of those cliff sides. Like uh, the one day it was called the Titanic. That loop they they were uh, doing three of them, and it's like you could see where they were doing this pivot turn down to the highway, and it looked like it was just. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's hard to explain, man. Like the the forest is different there than anywhere I've ever rode, uh, and and it's open. There's there's usually That's some so options crazy. for you to take to to do more tic tacking up. You know where the gold riders are going to try the most direct line. Mm-hmm. I would go out ride a gold section. I'd push tic tac, push tic tac. Graham comes through and races straight up the middle of everything I was doing. Oh. But um, they you know they do get to a point where they're going to have to tic tac too, as we've seen on. The feed and stuff. It, I don't know. I can't explain the traction. Oh, I, I, I well, that's I what I'm just I, sitting here in my head because, you know, you said some of our stuff. You're like, you couldn't do it because it's just too slick. There's plenty of riding I've done in Romania that is slippery as all. <laughs> but, it's definitely, but, you know, the, some of those heavier sections, they know what they can push them to. Yeah, I guess so. And what, what's crazy to me, and when Cody came back last year, Cody Webb, he was talking about boiling his brakes going downhill, his front brakes. And then we were out riding, and you were telling me that that's a huge problem. I'm like... You know, coming from National Enduros, the biggest thing, you know, we would do is boil the rear brakes and, you know, all the pros swap rear brake fluid at each between the tests. But you were saying they'll boil the front ones. And by the time you get to the bottom of some of those downhills, you won't have front brakes. Yeah, they're just they're so long. The mountains are huge so there. So crazy. And, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're long up too. I mean, yeah. I've, I've never felt that tired just because downhill position, downhill body position. Oh, your arms, shoulders. Your back, your shoulders, Yeah. And then uh, Tricep, and all of a sudden just, you got to turn around and go up. Oh, man. It's like mountain biking. What, go, what goes down, what goes up must come down. Or, yeah. Oh. Well, so anything else Romaniacs-wise? Like, well, so let me back up to Erzberg real quick. Graham got disqualified yep. from getting outside assistance. And what was it? Like, it was a racer, but apparently he didn't start the race, right? Is that what we talked about? Yeah, that was just something I heard. I don't okay. know. I can't I can't say for certain. And, and I know that's something else I'll probably learn a little bit more about once uh, everybody shows up at TKO. Well, and, and then T.O. had a good result, but he apparently got disqualified for missing a checkpoint. Haven't heard anything more about that. T.O. Yeah, Quebec hard show. to say. Uh, definitely what goes on in the race course, because anybody in that racer's corner is going to say it went this way, and anybody – on the official side of the race is going to say it went this way. So <laughs> I just, you know, it's that, that one's done and dusted. Graham got disqualified uh, or penalized, disqualified. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Cause he came back to like 18 or something. Crazy. Yeah. And that's, that's a bummer. Cause I really, you know, every year that Graham has to age a little bit more is going to make it that much harder for him to get the uh, overall Erzberg winner. Yeah. O- well, overall I'm- wins or the most wins he's tied with Taddy right now. I believe at five wins. You could be right. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I, it, it's just crazy to me that he's that age and still doing it. like and looking how like looking at the stuff Billy Bolt and Manny are doing and how fast. Like you said, they're not just racing the hard sections, dude. When it's open and fast, they are on the gas. Yeah, and they're those, as fast as a, about anybody. Those guys are three different riders, but you know they're the three 
top dogs, I'd yep. say right more or less right now. But it's crazy the the technique. You know, Billy's smashing through stuff. He yep. basically breaks breaks rocks in half to get through them <laughs> with with tremendous technique too. I'm not not taking anything away. From His bike way. skills are just if he can stay healthy. Like I'm bummed he ended up. But he had wrist surgery after Erzberg, and he's out for the rest of the year. And apparently it's pretty bad once they got in there and realized he's got some pins. And yeah, some... I mean, to pull out of a championship leading the series without actually having a break or, you know, having a, a nagging injury means it, it must have been bad. Yeah, it was. Because he was, was leading the points, I believe. Yep, he was. And, and now I, they just came out. They just updated after Romaniacs I saw this morning. And Mario has a two-point lead on Manny, which and Manny missed the first round. Yeah. So, I mean, it just shows you. Super and, cool for Mario. Yeah. Happy to see him up there. Uh, yeah, and you know, back to the different rider techniques. You got Manny, who's like, you know, he just seems like he's a, as experienced of a veteran as Graham is because he studied it. His dad is you know, mm-hmm. was one of the best hard and girl riders in the world in his time, and uh, and he got Graham, who just like, doesn't put his feet down, doesn't doesn't waste any extra energy, and keeps plugging along. And then all of a sudden, here's. Here's the old silent assassin sneaking up and passing you and leaving you in the dust. It's just like, again, the only of, of those guys, I've ridden with Graham a little bit. I've ridden with Tristan a decent amount. And like knowing how good Tristan is, it's like, how can Graham do that at 47? I mean, I'm 42 now and it's just like slow and steady, but obviously he's going fast too. Yeah. I mean, but, oh man. And then, you know, Graham, he had the knee surgery. What he blew his knee out last year at Romaniac. Romania, so he's a yeah. right out a year out from knee surgery. He looks old it's like he doesn't have eyebrows now but god he's still crushing it so yeah. he'll he's coming so let's kind of go over who's going to be here for tko i mean pretty much most of those top guys will be here correct yeah um all the all the guys that raced romania uh i don't know if taddy's gonna come we'll see what happens what comes of his injury you yeah know, he, he pulled to, out with a with a hurt i guess the same wrist they've been bothering him yeah the same injury that webb's got going we're, we're still not sure if webb's a hundred percent in or not uh for tko yep uh cody if you're listening i'd like you to just, just get on your four stroke start riding some enduro cross all right <laughs> yeah i'm sure he's gonna listen to this i mean i, I <laughs> i'd love to see you at tko but uh let's let's go uh get some yep. titles buddy yeah it's uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways uh yeah well, teodor's coming back i was just messaging okay. him this morning okay um Michael Alfredo, Michael Walkner. Alfredo and his team Walkner. Okay, of course. Is Al- Alfredo's got a couple guys, right? It's him and one other guy. I know I've Stuff seen... Seller. Okay, uh, from Israel, and then um, I don't, I forget his other team, his other rider's name. But Alfredo's put something together. Alfredo's a great guy to learn. If any any young rider gets an opportunity to be on a team with Alfredo, it's mm-hmm. a great idea. Okay, he's super intelligent. He he makes. He, he, well, he came out and won the prologue, like, totally surprised me. I'd forgotten it until you said that, and it was just like, didn't see that coming at all. Oh, he's a racer. He digs deep. Does he? Oh, yeah. That's just, man, that's hard to believe. When I guess he, I mean, he looked, after day two, I think there were some pictures of him, man, he looked gassed. Yeah, I think the boys got some sort of, got a little sick in the old uh, cafeteria. Oh, maybe it was some food stuff. Not. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of people <laughs> were having stomach problems. I, I think that was Alfredo's issue. I think he okay. had a stomach thing going from something they were eating. I've eaten in that... Uh, buffet with everybody and i mean i never hesitated to eat one darn thing in there but i bet you the boys going back next year are going to start cooking their own food something sounds like there was a little funky stuff going on and i think nick might have even suffered from a little bit of that too okay. and, uh, oh i mean yeah. yeah yeah but so tko roster is super stacked i believe niter's coming back for some more or is he did he say he was he said he was but i haven't heard anything lately but that i think that's one reason he wanted to ride that the nightmare there was oh, yeah. to get a little get a little practice on the on TKO. Always or at Trials Train Center, excuse me. Um 
all our American guys. We got LeBlanc coming. He really he's still got something to prove. He wants yep. to be in that main well, event. And, he wants to man, be in contention. And he went to Erzberg and you know, he did well. He qualified first row, ended up tenth overall. But the dudes that were around him, like there was names in front of him, the people I've never even heard of. And it's just like crazy that there's so many people out there of that level that are, you know, riders second best in America right now until Cody comes back and reclaims his first or second place. So it's like that there's that many at that level out there is crazy to me. Yeah. And I think we're we're trying to get to that here. And that's, you know, yep. back to the original part of our conversation here today is I, I want to elevate it to the way of the Europeans. Yep. So we got a stack field like them or, or attract them to come over and play with us yep. over here and stuff. And of course, you know, we've talked about numerous times, a lot of those guys grew up trials background and that's big over there. And then they transitioned to the big bikes. And I think trials is kind of, I don't want to say dead here, but it's not near as prevalent in the U.S. And, but I think there's a next generation of kids coming up. Like I think Ryder started at 15, you know, he was doing GNCC stuff, but then he started hard enduro. And so he's sort of growing up in it. I mean, we didn't start riding hard enduro till 2013, 2014. We're still on knobby tires. And it was like, so it's like as as the sport grows, like you said, and there's younger people. I know IRC's making a gummy tire for a what, like a sixty-five. Yeah. So I mean, at least those guys can start the process, learning the skills and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, actually, trials guys, TKO. I think Pat Smodge is going to be racing. Oh, and he had he had a great run with getting oh, on the podium. That How was cool so is that? Cool at Roar? It t- yeah, at Roar. Well, and I yeah. thought um, I thought at Roar as trialsy as it was, he might have a pretty good shot at some of that bigger stuff, and then. He was looking good at the locked and loaded. And then I'm like, oh, it's a Sherco. Ended up being Logan Bollapu, another trials rider. Ended up third overall. Put it on the podium. So happy for Logan, man. Yeah. He's been working hard forever. Yep. He's a killer rider. He's yep. had some bad luck go his way here and there at Roar. Oh, yeah, Roar. Yep, yep. Bike problems. Got back on the bike, fixed it, still raced, still finished. Yep. You know? And he's a big dude. And he's yeah. the ex trials guy, but he's, and I'd love he, to see uh, him. Working all week long. Yep, like, I think he's got a job working for the like the Department of Transportation in PA. Okay, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what his job is, but yeah, he's a he's a full time uh, full time. Hey, out there, third overall at the racer, last race of the year. Third overall, yeah, and he was digging, man. It was only two miles from the finish, and he was a header rider. Oh, that's he right, yeah, because he said, was everything you got, Logan, and he nodded his head, and, ah, and then right. Ryder got him, ran him back down within the end. So yeah, Ryder digs deep too, for sure. He's, oh yeah, he's not. Well, I mean, you just he he needs to be bigger. I mean, it's like he's 150 pounds. Logan's probably 200 pounds, you know, and just size I think makes a difference when you're trying to manhandle a bike and have reserves to keep going after so many hours. Yeah, that was a brutal race. I mean, not to go back onto another subject we already talked about. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, locked and loaded. Those guys. Uh, that was relentless. They. The, the guys were pooped out. Well, you and know, you, we were talking, when we showed up at that race, before pre-riding the course, we were talking, we, we found out their mileage was like 13 miles for a lap. We're like, okay, well, you know, Tristan, at his rate, what he's been doing this year, maybe he could probably get four laps. Oh, no. Two laps was a heck of a challenge for him. Well, and it was crazy. So one thing you said about the property is totally different than Roar, even though it's, what, like 20 miles away or something. Yeah. And you said there's more... It's so hard. It's hard to find easy ways to get around. Everything's just hard. It's loose rocks. It it's just rugged terrain. Yeah, everything moved. It, I, I what I was telling people is that that property is ninety five percent hardened row. Ninety ninety five percent of that property was hardened row course. Which, which is, and we were talking about it when we were out riding. To me, I like it's like the only way through is the easiest way through. Like if you want to cheat, it, you can't because it's harder over there. And that was like tough. Like we're in those pits. Like, we were surviving the one way we could get through. There's yeah. no way to, like, 
you know, where we are around here, you can jump out of the creek, get on the dirt, ride around everything, jump back in. So I think that that's pretty cool that it's it's that gnarly and there's that much of it. Yeah, that wasn't a good it wasn't a good idea to get off course at either <laughs> of those races. Yeah. Well, and it, it was crazy. Of course, video never does it justice at it locked and loaded, but it was like, why are these guys struggling so much? And it was steeper than it looked, and it was like all those little rocks, everything was moving and everything was slick. Yeah, that was the biggest difference, I think, uh between Roar or one of the biggest differences between Roar and Locked and Loaded was in Locked and Loaded, everything moved. Even the big rocks. Big rocks is oh. as big as you could have both wheels on them at the same time, and they're still rocking. Real, I can't no. believe it. So strange. No, that's what. I, and I know that, uh, that what was the, the joke was tougher than roar is what they were saying. Oh, it locked yeah. and loaded. I got to be careful how much we say that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 Rob, Rob Lone over there, he's going he's well, to lay it to him if he starts hearing that too much. Well, the, the reason I, I'm laughing about it is Rob's already sent me some pictures of some new section they've got. So I think he immediately, because he was at locked and loaded, he went back to the property at Roar the next weekend and is, is looking for harder stuff. It was great to see Rob out of Locked and Loaded. He yep. he appreciates everything those guys did oh, yeah. to make, a, make an awesome race. And he was on the course and he was having a good time. He was like, yep. this is proper, Josh. This is proper. <laughs> yep. Oh, there you go. So, well, what else you want to talk about, Josh? Anything else going on? You've got a sprinter van now, which is awesome. Makes traveling much more easier. Yeah, I know. Here we are circling back to stuff we already talked about again. Yep. But, yeah, I've been living in the sprinter. Got the yep. sprinter uh, back in... Maybe March, no, February or something. Anyways, bought the Sprinter when I was out in California. Sold my toy hauler in the last year. Downsized a little bit, but got a fully habitable Sprinter. Yeah, and, it's nice. Uh, yeah, man, we're like uh, uh, at least a month into traveling and living out of it. Yep. And fortunate enough to have a couple friends put us up. Uh, the Davises let us stay at their place out there in Windrock and super nice to stretch my legs and lay on a couch for a whole day and then uh, oh. but otherwise spend, and then coming here with you guys and, yep. and having a bed and, and a shower that i don't have to turn off in between soaping and, well, my favorite thing was you didn't rise the van and got into you until you were at a uh, the davis's place and got up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom and went outside to use the bathroom instead of going to the actual toilet that's right that's exactly what happened and it happened a few times before i started using the toilet and then, uh, and then even in the shower <laughs> Get in the shower soap up and go to turn it off. I'm like, yeah. no, I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, no but, RV showers. But it, the van's been great. I'm super happy about it. And uh, it's it's making traveling in the world we're living in more possible, you know, basically just because the fuel prices are so crazy. Yeah. And and I, I love being able to, you know, go to a gas station and, and decide that the gas station across the street is 20 cents cheaper and being able to just drive over there. That was something you couldn't do with the toy hauler. Yeah, you had to, you you had to plan a little more of yeah. Yeah, getting them in and out because so, you had a pretty decent size one. So Yeah, van life's been sweet, and uh, I'm going to keep that thing going, keep the wheels turning. and um, Yeah, so. So after TKO, you headed back to Idaho? Headed back to Idaho. Uh, th I'm pretty sure the plan is to go to. Canada for the outliers. Oh race. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm Were you going? Out. Are you going to go Idaho and then Canada? You think? Yeah, I'll go Idaho and Canada because actually okay. that would be the proper route for me. It's only about okay. seven hours from my house in Idaho, so it's it's pretty reasonable. I got some other stuff going on in, in the works. I can't really talk about quite yet, but you know, more more hard and draw stuff. Me going out scouting races and. Looking for some more of those regional races, stuff that we're going to groom into making national races in the future. And uh, there's a lot of motivated organizers out there right now that want to turn their races hard and draw. Hard and awesome. growing, and you know, uh, so everybody knows we're going to make it fun for the amateur racers. This <laughs> is not about coming out and breaking your bike. We're going to create proper challenges for proper for everybody's skill level. Well, and, and that's what this the pros don't keep the sport alive. It's the 
B and C riders and the A riders that show up in numbers and want the challenge. And again, an appropriate challenge, not they don't want to go ride the pro lines. They need, you know, what to them is hard. And it is even a fine line for them. Just as yep. you said, it's fine line to, to push Tristan to a point where we're, we're challenging him, yet it's still impossible. Same thing with our amateur racers. And lots of things can change that. You know, every venue we go to has a different type of soil, a different type of rock, and, and the weather is going to play a factor in all that. So it's tough for these organizers to be prepared and ready for all yep. those different factors. It's crazy what I've learned this year. How much goes into these races oh, I mean, over yeah. the years? So I've much learned, work. But but once I'm behind the scenes, as I have been for a couple of years now, on a different level, uh, every aspect matters to these guys, whether it's the, where they're parking their van or how many hours they race or what type of train they race on. Or well, and I mean, even, you know, against. splits are nice, but you know what splits are? More work. And multiple races are nice, but multiple races is more work. And yeah. I mean, it's like every time you do a split, you got to take the the – the guys that are in the lower classes around something. So that's, you're making twice the course then. And you don't uh, want to take them around in a way that's going to put them right back ahead of the pros. Well, and the and, pros got to get back around yeah. them again. And that's not. Well, and then that's what, you know, Sears, gold, silver, bronze, and iron. And then they have gold and silver do their line. And then bronze and iron has theirs. But we get into that a lot where they'll send them around. And so when we get through the hard section, you catch up to the back of a lot of those guys. And the first lap, it's kind of a problem, but you know, it all like it usually does. It sorts itself out. And yeah. most of them, most everyone is courteous enough to move. You don't find many people that are just roadblocking. Yeah. I've, I, it's pretty cool. I say like the C's part when the pros come, it's pretty impressive. Like sometimes <laughs> in a bottleneck, oh, I'm man. Like, all of a sudden the line opens up. I'm at a bottleneck trying to help uncork this thing. Cause I know the leaders are coming yep. and they're battling and the leaders show up and the C's spread. Well, and, and it's and, really amazing. And, and I think it has, a lot to do with their attitude and that can definitely go a long way. When, oh yeah. You know what I mean? If you're when a liked pro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're, it's like, it's like, Hey man, do you, do you guys care? Like I'm coming through for my second lap. And even when I'm coming through on some of those people, you're like, guys, is there any way you could help me? And most people are like, we've been stuck here an hour. Yeah. We'll help. Yeah. Um, so, so it's cool in that regard, but yeah, some, you know, those, those, those C riders and B riders can be your friends. Yeah. And for the most part, our, our race races this year, um, you know, luckily they're not scared to work hard, all the organizers and stuff. And the courses have been plenty wide enough that we haven't had yep. severe bottleneck situations. I think that's a huge part well, of making a good hard enduro course is making sure that those most difficult obstacles do most difficult sections have allow options. options for a guy, a, a, a pro leader to come through and do something that the, uh, the guys that he's lapping haven't even considered yet because well, it's possible it's there. Well, and that's what circling to T back to TKO, like you said, when Derek was here, his biggest concern was a lot of the stuff from the nightmare course is narrow one line single track. And he's like that Saturday morning race, what we could have 500 people in it. Yeah. I mean, so we've got to find a way or he's got to find a way to make it accessible to everyone wide enough in certain sections that are bad to get everyone through it. And I think they'll, they obviously won't start 500 at once. So it'll be rows. But I remember one year they put in this new little section, like a little horseshoe off the Jeep road. And it was a parking lot. And I mean, it ended up, they took it out for the afternoon race when we were doing it. So, yeah. So that's, you know, that's something that's, I'll be on board for that. when I'm there is, is, you know, scouting those trails, making sure I feel like the flow is going to go all right. And then we, we got to play, you know, we got to keep focused on the weather too. Cause <laughs> I literally, my next thought was it's Josh has been here since last Monday. You've been here a week now and it's rain literally every day you've been here. Yeah. We, and, we had a stretch where it was just sunny and nice every day. And Josh comes here. He's like, does it just rain every day? And I'm like, since you've been here, it is. One way or another, we've gotten rained on, and that 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 could change it tremendously. TKO is no different in that 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 
aspect. It's it's uh, man, once it rains, it stuff that is a ten percent incline can become challenging. Well, and that was what we talked about in the past. You know, I'm down on the Jeep roads, but one of those Jeep roads was a clay Jeep road, and I remember there's like thirty of us scattered out. You know, it's been four or five years since we've had a real proper wet TKO. Yes, but, that's true. But you know, the last few years it's been a dust bowl. But dude, this year, there's I mean, it's. It's Monday, August 1st, we're recording this, and I'm looking at the seven-day forecast, and there's nothing but rain every day. Um, and like I said, here, we it was a nice day yesterday. We had a big rainstorm that afternoon, I mean, and they were just popping up. So be prepared. The, the rocks are already sweating. We know that. They're mm-hmm. slick. And then throw some rain and some mud on top of them, and it's going to be... Yellow jackets, spider webs. Yep. What, else, what else tried to kill you while you've been here? Chiggers, black Was it black-faced hornets? Black no, wait, not hornet. bald-faced hornets. Bald-faced hornet got yep. me day one, 10 minutes in with Drew. Back yep. of the neck, big bump, big yep. pain. Yellow jackets. Yellow jackets, hit yellow jackets a couple more days in. Yep. Ran over a nest. that they And then directly <laughs> after a nest, once the- I realized I was running over a nest, tried to pin it. Caught a vine, ejected me off my bike, then my bike's laying in the nest. The, the Hung up in the vine. They're just swarming my bike. There's heat-seeking missiles coming after me, steaming me. Hey, but luckily when you got ejected, it threw you far enough away that you weren't in the nest. That's I mean, true. look at the bright side, That's, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Josh thinks everything in Tennessee is trying to kill him, which – We've seen some pretty crazy stuff since yeah, you've been here. Yeah. But I mean, I, I with that's all just jokes and fun because honestly, so this has been some of the coolest riding. This place is like a rainforest. I mean, uh, this, right this is like some of the riding I've done with you this week has really reminded me of that race course in Ohio. And I think uh, I can safely say it's because of this. It's, it's almost exotic. This rainforest, this, this terrain, these caves, these waterfalls, all this stuff. It's just so... Uh, it's it's like some of the cool stuff we get to see on our dirt bikes that I yep. think you wouldn't get to see without dirt bikes in your life. Well, and that's what I give my wife a hard time because we'll go hiking and it's kind of the property that backs up to Windrock, Frozen Head State Park. And I'm like, this I see this on my dirt bike. I'm, like, I'm on my dirt bike going, I see a lot more of it than the two miles we can hike. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I've been hiking lately and it's yeah. kind of hard uh, oh, for me. To, I, just, I can't turn the dirt bike brain no, off. No, everything's just harder, harder, harder. Yeah, harder. yeah. yeah so. these roots would be really fun on a dirt bike. They're perfectly spaced <laughs> apart. Yeah, our so. dirt bike lingo talking about how oh, the oh. shitty ass spacing, this stupid freaking trail, yeah. and these gaps and these rocks. But that's all good, good hardened no, terms. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then before we've been an hour, so we're we're getting there. But uh, I'd like to thank SLM Racing, KTM of North Texas, and uh, Off Grid Syndicate. We've been running their Fort Guards, and um, Will's got a set on his bike. They've got some tug handles that if if you do hard enduro, do yourself a favor and at least buy a rear tugger strap. Like the new K, the Huskies have a pretty good handle, but the KTMs and the gas gases, you need something to grab a hold of. Get yourself some of those wraparound fork cars because when you come to one of our races, we're going to send you through some rocks that could potentially uh, scratch those up. Yeah, and th- those are those lowers are expensive. All right, so one more question for the factory mechanic: what's the, what's the one thing that you see people doing to their bike that's like I would like on a TPI bike because that's what I have and you have. What's one thing you like? You need to do this protection. Like, working on it. I mean, you've already been looking over my bike, showing me stuff. that's like, ooh, you can do this a little different. Um, I know you can't turn your brain off when you're looking at people's bikes. Is do, there even one thing? Can we do three things? And I'll, I'll start them with the most important. To the Go most for important. it. This, this. Well, tires and moose. Yep. I'm going to call that one thing. Yeah, 100%. Tire setup for, for yep. hard enduro is tremendous. Well, and, and backing up to your Romaniacs, Romaniacs experiences, you said a lot of those guys have, like, perfected this bib-tubeless combo. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's that's hard because that doesn't work everywhere, and it doesn't work with every tire. Yeah, that's what so I'm running into. Right it now. depends on what type of terrain you're on. Romania is pretty uh, tubeless friendly. Yep, their rocks aren't 
too uh, dagger shaped like some of the other events we go to. <laughs> yeah. Roar has some sharp rocks. Hundred percent. I, I won't even run tubeless. Up yeah, there. I don't. Well, I ran tubeless in the roar. front, just not the rear. Yeah, your um, front tire can last a lot longer. From yeah. my factory experience, I'd say you know. We used to run tire balls in Colton's front tire in situations where all the tire balls would pop in the back tire. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's one tire and tire and bibs. Yeah, and two is a fan. Oh yeah, a radiator fan yeah. because you you lose all your coolant, you're, you're done, done, yeah, and your bike's done. Yeah, and then uh, three would be a skid plate just to extend the or or to up the resale value of your bike. <laughs> Everything else is a lot easier to replace than your frame. Yeah. Well, the, the biggest issue I, I've kind of had with the new generation 2020 pluses is the um, the frame guards where your boots rub are a lot shorter than they used to be. And so my frame up above the frame guard oh, yeah, just gets destroyed, like from, from falling over on rocks and stuff like the other side's much worse. Well, I'll give me um, a tip, Drew. You can go on anything that's uh, 20... Get yourself some like 2018 frame guards. Okay. Uh, you won't know. You won't be able to zip tie. Okay. Uh, at the top point, yeah, that but you can just put a zip tie right below it, and that'll get you all the way up there. Okay. I think I probably got some of those in the the yeah. parts bin of stuff I've it, taken it'll, off. It'll catch the other two bolt holes yep. down lower, and you'll just have to get a little creative see, with your zip tie. That's, see, that's what I'm trying to get some yeah. little pro tips out of you. You know, yeah. some hot lobs. You, you, last time you were here. You made me a little a bottle to uh, bleed my brake fluid. Yeah, did you see it sitting over I saw there? It yeah, it's sitting over there. I still <laughs> still got it. So, um, all right, guys, I wait. Hey, I would like to thank my sponsors as well. My oh, personal yeah, sponsors. IRC, I didn't even think about that. Yep. Yeah, Fox Racing is or Fox Moto. The gear yep. set has been tremendous. They, those guys have been keeping me set up and dialed and protected all year. IRC tires. Um, Husqvarna. <laughs> Husqvarna USA. Yeah. They, Husqvarna race team, KTM yeah. race team, yeah. Robbie Goolsby, Robbie, and Bauer. Thanks, guys. Cold well, you know, yeah. hey, Ro Robbie's uh, Robbie's van, the KTM van, is sitting out in the uh, out in my yard. So we should just we should just go start getting whatever we need for oh, it. Oh man, Drew, I'll leave that up to you. Those yeah. guys, I, I'll just ask them once the semis there. At TKO. <laughs> Uh, yep. ZRT throttle tubes, man. Uh, you know, they didn't have to do much to support me. All they had to do was give me one throttle tube, and it's Whoa. been lasting me. Uh, I'm at 200 hours, I think, on it, and it spins like a top. Well, and it, it feels amazing. I I played with it the other day, but can you run that and wrap around handguards? Yeah, they have a they have a separate throttle tube set up for that, so it has really? a different type of bearing system. Okay, because yeah. I was wondering, you know, when I saw it, I saw your little post on doing it, and I run full wraparounds because mm -hmm. I crash all the time, and protection-wise. So that was one question I had I meant to ask you earlier, and I forgot. Yeah, uh, SXS, uh, John C. Oh, yeah. Horn. Uh, yep. He ended up giving that bike away? Did he do the raffle, yeah, the six-days yeah. raffle? Cool. Yes, he did. And John, right. John's a great guy. He's given a lot to the series. He's trying to go back and race the, uh, I believe it's the 96th edition, and he's number 96 of really? uh, six days. Yeah. Okay, cool. And he raced it, I forget how many years ago, on a 125, and he's qualified, and he's going back on a 125 this year to France, I believe, is where they're racing this year. Uh, I forget okay. where they're racing, but John from SXS. Yep. Thank you so much, dude. You're keeping my bike protected. My favorite skid plates, lug guards, hand guards, and he's got more to come. Well, the the lug guards, so I run, I think they're the Acherby's little lug guards, the little plastic ones that just go on there. And yeah. the ones that he makes are probably twice as thick, but they don't stick out real far. And that's the one thing I don't like is you know, getting your fork lug sticking out more because you catch them on things and you yeah. know, catch it on a rock and go down. But those look much more substantial than the I ones I'm running. I, yeah, I don't like stuff that takes away from your clearance yep. in hard enduro. So I anything agree. that's gonna, you know, make your bike hang down lower, which John's fork lug guards do not do that. Mm -hmm. They are very compact. I'm not yeah. sure if they're 3D printed or machined. I I believe they're machined out of a hmm. block of yeah. I think UHMW. It's what it looks like. Yeah, and uh, so what, what's this new product he's got coming out? 
I don't you, know if I'm at liberty to say, uh, well, say I, it. it'll be some more protection up front, down low. Okay, up front, yeah. down low. I like it. Oh, I think I know. I, we're sitting here. We're, so my my kids haven't gone back to school yet, so we're in my basement looking at my bike. It's like two feet from us, so we, uh, yeah. uh, we're we looking over my, my thing. So, all and right, then last cool. but not least for me, I'd like to thank the U.S. Hard and Grow Championship, all the sponsors that supported us to get us through this year. My team, Matt Musgrove, his wife, Bree, oh, yeah. uh, Max, uh, Blake, and Rachel from the SkyPixel Media team, my girlfriend. Uh I couldn't Noel. Noel, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do this without everybody, you know, supporting me because it's a it's a heck of a lifestyle, man. I I spend more time gone than I do at home. And uh to have the be motivated to go in and do it again next year. That's, yep. that's thanks to the people around me. Yep. You guys, Drew, your family, Colin McLaren, Leah, everybody <laughs> having me here and, and you know, oh. showing me good time, treating me like family. This Absolutely. is dirt bike family, man. I spend more time with you guys than I do with my real family, and uh it feels like family. This is what keeps me going on this stuff. All right. Well, Josh, thank you for your time. I'll yeah, see dude. you at TKO. I can't wait. I'm excited. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to. I don't think we're going to get sit around and hang out and talk much, but maybe a little. No, I'm going to find you out on the trail when you're suffering sometime during yep. Saturday and say, I, I told you it'd be hard. <laughs> well, please do. Please do. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at TKO.